et facta est tranquillitas magna. And there came a great calm in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. One of the great boons of the full liturgical life, that is to say one of the benefits of living, plunged into the great current of life that is the liturgy of the Church, is that in the school of the liturgy we learn how to turn the gospel to prayer. The gospel we just heard was already read at the night office, at matins, and thus the seed the gospel was already planted deep in our hearts and held there. And after matins comes Lodz. And at Lodz the church teaches us how to turn the gospel heard into a gospel prayed. And so, at the Benedictus Antiphon at Lodz, we sang Ascendente Jesu in Naviculam Ece mortus manus factus est in mare. And Jesus, having gotten into the boat, a great storm arose on the sea. Et suscita verum teum discipuli eus. And his disciples sought to wake him up. Dicente saying, Domine. Lord, salvanos, save us, pedimus. We are perishing. This is the gospel turned to prayer. And so we are given this, it's a little prayer for all seasons, isn't it? Domine, salvanos, pedimus. Lord, save us. We are perishing. We are going down seems to me that, having been given this little prayer, Lord's, we have to keep it in our hearts throughout the day, repeating it over and over, so that by dint of repetition it passes from the head into the heart. And we will come to Vespers this evening. And what will the Church put on our lips at the Magnificat? If not this, again, Domine, Lord, salvanos, save us, perimus, we are perishing. And then a little phrase is added. Impera, give the command. Et fac Deus tranquillitatem. Give the command, God and make calm, or as the translation of the Gospel put it, a great calm. And so when the Church takes the Gospel of the Mass, 
and turns it to prayer, notably in the Benedictus Antiphon in the morning and in the Magnificat Antiphon at Vespers. This is the Church's way of teaching us to enter into the Gospel and to turn it to prayer. I then will find myself saying throughout the day again and again, Save us, Lord, for we are perishing. Give the command and make a great call. Now, our Lord seems, in the intro to today's Mass, already to answer our prayer. We will have heard the Gospel at Matins, we will have turned it to prayer at Lord's, and today's Mass opens not with our cry to God, but, as I explained last Sunday or the Sunday before, with the Lord speaking to us. This is most unusual. It happens only a few times in the liturgical year. Generally speaking, the intro to the Mass that chant by which we cross the threshold into the Holy Mysteries. Generally speaking, the intro, it is our prayer addressed to God, a prayer that rises upward from the heart of the Church. Not so in today's intro. Today our Lord speaks to us, and I hear in the words of the intro, his response to our prayer, Salvanos Domine, save us, Lord, pedimus we are perishing. And what does he answer? The Lord saith, I think thoughts of peace and not of affliction. Ego cogito cogitationes pacis. I think thoughts of peace. This little phrase tells us what God holds in his heart for us. In the Bible, the heart is the seat of one's thoughts. It's interesting that on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, we begin with an introit that makes the same connection, cogitaciones, the thoughts of his heart are to all generations. And in today's intro, it, our Lord is in some way revealing to us what he holds in his heart. And what does he hold in his heart for you, for us, for me? I think thoughts of peace and not of affliction. You shall call upon me, Salvanos Domine Perimus, save us, Lord. We are perishing. You shall call upon me, and I will hear you. Such comforting words. And I will bring back your captivity from all places. Captivity. The captivity here is the captivity of sin. When a man falls into sin, he is in some way 
taken captive by it, and led off into a kind of exile in the regione di similitudinis, in the region of dissimilitude. That is to say, sin alienates us from God, and in alienating us from God, alienates us from ourselves, our true selves, as God created us to be in his image and likeness. And in the intro of this Mass, God promises to lead us home again from that far-off region where we forget in some way the God in whose image and likeness we are created and begin to fashion for ourselves a new, twisted, skewed identity. Our Lord promises in the intro it that he will bring us back, bring us back to his heart. And in bringing us back to his heart, he brings us back to ourselves, our true selves, the selves that he created us to be. Now, the collect of today's Mass is quite remarkable, and it in some way connects with the Gospel, and you'll see why. The collect begins, O God, who knowest us to be set in the midst of dangers. What an apt description of human life. We are always, as the old hymn put it, tossed on life's tempestuous seas. Fragile little creatures that we are. O God, who knowest us to be set in the midst of dangers so great that by reason of the frailty of our human nature. This, this, this prayer is so, is framed with such precision. God knows that we are set in the midst of dangers and he knows well our human frailty. By reason of the frailty of our nature, we cannot always withstand subsistere. I have here the image of the apostles in the storm-tossed boat. They could not stand up straight. I don't think they could even sit straight in their seats in the boat. They were being tossed first to one side and then to the other. The collect goes on to say, Grant to us health of mind and body. Do you know, people sometimes get very excited when they hear that in some place, in some parish, there's going to be what uh, people commonly call a healing mass. I find that not quite 
accurate in this sense that so often as the holy sacrifice of the Mass is offered, so often as we hear the word of God, so often as we partake of the adorable mysteries of the body and blood of Christ, the healing power of his grace is wondrously deployed. And the church, again and again in the liturgy, asks for health, healing, soundness, wholeness of mind and body. Grant to us health of mind and body, that being helped by thee, we may overcome the things which we suffer for our sins. Now, there's a whole theology contained and articulated in this collect. Put simply, and basing what I'm about to say on the angelic doctor, Sin has never made anyone happy, nor has sin ever made anyone healthy. Sin makes us miserable and sick. Virtue, on the other hand, the virtue that is the manifestation in one's life of grace, makes one happy and sound. This is not some Catholic version of the prosperity gospel. Not at all. It is to say that when we are aligned with God's will, there is a profound happiness in the depths of the soul. Would this not be that great calm of the gospel? So we pray in the colic that we may overcome the things which we suffer for our sins. And the colic leaves unsaid and attain the things which make us happy, as God wants us to be happy with a deep abiding happiness. One other thing about today's Mass you will have noticed that in the Alleluia verse, and in a few moments you will hear in the offertory antiphon, the opening words of the De Profundis, Psalm 129, which psalm we pray very frequently during this month of November, this month of prayer for the holy souls. Psalm 129, is the church's traditional prayer for the souls in purgatory. It's also the church's prayer in every experience of anguish and brokenness and poverty and distress. And the church seems to want to imprint this prayer in our souls today because in today's Mass, she makes use of Psalm 129 twice. There's no vain repetition in the sacred liturgy. Every repetition is intended and bears fruit. And so before the Gospel, from the depths I have cried to thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my prayer. You know what depths 
are in you, and I know the depths in me. The prayer out of the depths is always pleasing to God because it, it rises from a place of humility, brokenness, of utter need, of total reliance upon grace. And in the offertory, we shall sing from the depths, I have cried out to thee, O Lord, Lord, hear my prayer. And pay attention to the structure of the offertory antiphon and to the melody of it. The musical treatment of the offertory is very important today. I would say that it's, it's theological. Because the offertory repeats from the depths, I have cried out to thee, O Lord. And in so doing, we are given, again, a prayer to hold in our hearts throughout the day and indeed throughout the coming week. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. We can pray it for ourselves and pray it also for the holy souls. And then, one last thing. Our Lord, who spoke in the intro, it speaks again in the communion antiphon. And he answers our prayer in the offertory antiphon. We say, from the depths of I cried out to thee, O Lord, Lord, hear my prayer. And in the communion antiphon, he speaks and he answers, saying, Amen, I say to you, whatsoever you ask when you pray, believe that you shall receive, and it shall be done to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.